0: Welcome to episode 7 of the Marketing with Haley podcast. In today's show, we are talking photoshoot preparation. I know, I know, planning is a totally unsexy topic. However, I can hand on heart say that as with everything in your business, the more thought and intention you put behind your work, the more aligned the end result will feel. And so the tips I'm sharing with you today are designed to help give you some areas to think about so that the final photos you receive after your photo shoot feel like an accurate representation of you as a person, and they also help to establish the perception that you desire your brand to have. Okay, buckle up, let's go for a ride. Welcome to the Marketing with Hayley podcast, where you can learn marketing, branding, and business tips to help you get your first clients and bring your creative business to life. Your host for today's show is business mentor, teacher, photographer, and Beatles superfan, Hayley Richardson. Are you ready? Let's go. Booking a photo shoot for your blog and website is often a mixture of any grouping of feels, including excitement, nervous anticipation, and sometimes even straight up fear, am I right? In most cases though it's a symbol of your choice to take your business to the next level which is hugely exciting. However, most of us aren't models and may have had little to no experience in front of a camera. So I get that the process of booking and prepping for a portrait session for your career or business, especially if it's your first time in front of a professional camera, can be really quite daunting. And some of the fears that you're harboring or even just the overwhelm of how to begin planning full stop might even be holding you back from booking your session altogether. Now, I've been working as a photographer for small business owners and entrepreneurs in London since 2016, and as a sidebar, I'm about to move home to Sydney, so if you're a Sydney business babe, let's connect. And I can guarantee that every single client I've worked with has had some kind of hesitation or fear when it comes to the camera before we shoot. However, by the end of every session, I'm literally always met with comments like, oh my gosh, that was actually fun or that was nowhere near as scary as I thought it would be. When my clients realize that there was actually nothing to worry about at all, it's all in your head, the fear and anticipation that we experience before a session. So In this episode, I'm sharing five tips to help you prepare for a fun and fearless personal branding or headshot session experience so that you can enjoy the process and come out the other end with photos you absolutely love. Now, before we start, I also want to say that the work I do with some of my clients who also book brand planning sessions with me begins even before the topics that we're going to walk through today. There's a whole nother layer of pre-planning that you can do to really, really create photos that are on another level. However, I can only fit so much into a single episode without boring the pants off you. So for today's episode, I have decided to focus purely on the session planning itself and not full on brand planning, which can sometimes inform even the session planning. For my photography clients you'll receive much of the content from today's show and more in a gorgeous planning workbook with questions and space to help you plan out your dream session which is an integral part of creating photos with intention. If you are a Sydney based business owner and you're interested in working with me please feel free to get in touch by visiting hayleyrichardson.co, so that's just .co, slash hello. I'm based on the Northern Beaches, but I'm open to traveling anywhere, even interstate and internationally in some instances. So please do feel free to reach out. I particularly want to visit the Gold Coast, Melbourne and Tassie in 2018 and 2019. So if you and a couple of friends are all interested in photo shoots, it could be perfect if you get together to talk about it first and then contact me and we can arrange them all at one time to bring down the travel fee. Okay, so here's what you need to consider when planning your portraits. The first thing, and this, this is going to take the longest out of all of the aspects that we'll cover today, um, is clothing. So deciding what to wear for your photo shoot is really, really exciting. Obviously, it's probably my favorite part um, because I love clothes. However, for some people, it's also really daunting. I know that for my most recent shoot I think I spent nearly a month planning out my outfits crazily like looking through Pinterest for inspiration, looking on ASOS um, and other websites and just making sure that I was really happy with the clothing choices that I made. You definitely don't have to go to that much um, trouble but it was just something that I enjoyed. So, You might think that you really need to go out and spend a ton of money on new clothes but that really isn't the case at all. If you do want to treat yourself to something new then absolutely go for it but often the best outfits that will result in photos that feel like you are your tried and true favorites so here's the essentials when planning your photo shoot wardrobe first thing to consider is your personal style so first and foremost you really need to decide what the overall look and feel of your session is actually going to be and where these photos are going to be So whether they're on your website, whether it's a LinkedIn headshot or whether it's for social media, because sometimes that even can impact the general tone and mood of your um, outfit choices. So I'm a huge proponent in creating photos that look and feel like you, not anyone else, just you. And so that means dressing like yourself on your best day. So, if your business services high end clients, which, as a side note, in archetypal theory is likely to be a winter brand, you're likely to be best suited to smart and sophisticated pieces that are tailored, well cut, and either corporate or semi formal. So, if you're in Australia, one of the best brands I would say for this is probably Q, those beautiful corporate dresses and skirts and shirts and pants or trousers Um, if on the other hand your clients are perhaps mothers with small children and your brand is something that's all about fun and playfulness like a spring archetype you might lean more towards bright and colorful everyday outfits less kind of high-end and corporate looking though I would still always recommend keeping it stylish just in a more low-key and relatable way than the previous corporate example and another example, if you are perhaps maybe a quiet and peaceful soul with a life centered around being a homebody, then maybe your vibe might be more casual or rustic and your wardrobe choices will be semi-casual Sorry to reflect that. So if you do go the casual route, I recommend choosing styles that are a little more dressed up than your usual casual daywear. So like no you know, yoga pants or anything like that and tracksuits. But maybe you might go for a more kind of luxe loungewear look. Something that you might see on the White Company website. If you are from England, you'll know the White Company. If you are in Australia and you don't know that website, maybe just go have a look to see what I'm talking about. So think about the experience that your clients get when they get to work with you. So whether that be a high-touch experience that means heavily focusing on in-person work or whether perhaps you're actually offering only online programs that are completely automated where your clients don't actually see you in person. What do you want the experience to feel like for your clients And what kind of photos on your website and social and in all of your advertising and promotions will actually match the experience of working with you in your business, whether that be one-to-one or in an online capacity. Use that to inform your style choices because the most important consideration is that your shoot reflects the experience that your clients get. And that it also feels comfortable and like you or the you that you are aspiring to be. Because let's face it, sometimes we're starting from the beginning and we are trying to create a perception from the start. And we might not feel like we're there yet, but that doesn't mean that we can't start to encapsulate that in our branding images now. And in fact, actually, that's what will help us to get there. So really, really important to keep that in mind. Okay, so let's look at basics because that's kind of the beginning of every style choice um, in a photo shoot. So really important to select a few key basic pieces that can be mixed and matched across looks. The so great basics, especially in neutrals, are always the building blocks of any great wardrobe. And it's the same when it comes to your portrait session wardrobe. I definitely have a lot to say on this topic, especially around color psychology and matching your basics to the season that your complexion falls into, because that can really enhance your portraits. However, again, it's a topic for another day because it's really in-depth and it's also not 100% necessary. Um, So don't let not knowing your season become an obstacle for you in planning your wardrobe because it's not the end of the world. But I do love to explore that because I really think that it can enhance your portraits and just make your complexion really glow and take it to the next level. So uh, examples of some great basics to have on hand include maybe a simple t-shirt, some killer jeans, um, a cami, like a really lovely silk or satin cami, um, your favorite and most flattering dress, a really great jacket you know whether that be like a moto leather jacket or something like that um, or a beautiful trench coat um, something in a relaxed kind of waterfall fit um, and a gorgeous skirt the one type of basic that i would avoid which is probably going to i guess elicit a bit of a groan out there is anything with stripes so don't hate me i know i know because i love stripes as well but especially thin stripes when they're in photos and reduced inside, they in size, sorry, they really tend to distort and they can end up looking a little bit funny. So again, it's not the end of the world if you really must wear stripes and it's a huge part of you and your expression of yourself. Um, it's cool. Like I've worn them in brand photos of myself years ago before I actually knew about this Um, and I still liked the photo that I was wearing um, stripes in but it is a little trippy to look at so do avoid stripes if you can particularly high contrast like a Breton stripe or something the bigger the stripes and the bigger the distance the less trippy it will look okay so I also recommend that you have like a standout or a signature look so it's really great to have neutrals obviously for versatility however do consider also having at least one bold signature look that really encapsulates your personality. So this might be a piece with a bold and outrageous print, um, a bright pop of color that really encapsulates your brand or an interesting and unique cut. The ultimate balance. So if you ask me creating the ultimate balance, if you were to do a session and you could choose three outfits, it would be to choose one that's quite formal, one outfit that's quite glam and and dressy, but also a more everyday kind of look. So kind of having three different sort of levels of formality, like a really casual, but dressy, um, the formal, and then something in between. This is definitely something that's going to vary from person to person because your brand might be better suited to completely all formal, or it might be suited to all casual. But You know, in general, say like you're a life coach, just because I know I work with a lot of coaches, then maybe having um, a bit of a variation of all three is really great and might serve you well for different purposes. Um, When it comes to accessories they really are a great way to add texture to your look so I wouldn't overlook accessories um, and whether it be really fine and delicate pieces or bold and out their statement pieces I do find that accessories are the subtle touches that share more about who you are um, find the right balance with accessories I think that harmonize with your brand's personality and definitely do wear earrings rings and necklaces because the right pieces can tie together an outfit beautifully Again, if you work with your personal season, so like your Archetype, whether that be winter, spring, summer, or autumn, you'll find that you're likely to better suit one or the other when it comes to gold or silver with jewelry. And sticking with your color consistently can really help add that extra sense of harmony across your portraits. So, for example, me being a summer, I wear silver jewelry, which again, if you listen to episode five where I was talking about color psychology, I explained how that kind of came to be. And like it gives me a little bit of peace of mind, even just knowing that that's kind of like what I. stick to now okay so color let's look at that as well because this really is hugely important It's a really great way to bring life and personality to your photos. So choose a color theme with maybe three key primary colors for your photos and stick with it in your clothing choices. Color can also play a really, really big role towards creating the general look that you're actually after in your portraits. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about that later. Um, But if you have existing brand guidelines with specific colors, then consider what clothing is going to work well with your existing brand guidelines particularly if they're colors that you know that you're going to be sticking with in your business for a long time to come Um, you might consider trying subtle and maybe even obvious splashes of those colors in some of your outfits or accessories or your props or locations Um, it's entirely optional to kind of do that to look at brand colors. And of course, if you haven't already, again, I really recommend you listen to episode five on color psychology to think about what the colors you wear say about you and your business. Because if we work together, um, we can also talk about this and what shades of certain colors are most likely to work really well with your natural coloring. Now, if you love a light and airy look when it comes to photos and that really feels like your brand, that's the style that I personally really love and would consider my photography style, I'd recommend that you lean towards light and soft colors and pastel shades like baby pink and blue, whites, creams, grey and camels with navy as a color for, for contrast if you need a kind of heavier contrast color to balance things out. Um, These colours all come up absolutely beautifully in the light and airy style. On the other hand, if your brand and personality is more on the dark and moody side of things and you like the work of photographers who emulate that look, then consider opting for more autumnal shades in your clothing like mustard, burgundy, dark teal and forest green for example. Again, thinking about it like this will really help weave a sense of consistency throughout your photos. But again, it's entirely optional to kind of look at fitting your clothing and outfits within a certain kind of archetypal look and feel. Okay, so I want to also touch on um, buying new clothes for your photo shoot because it's a question that I often get as well. Um, and sometimes it can be an obstacle for people not wanting to book a photo session because they think that they are going to have to go and spend a lot of money on new clothing and, and they don't have the budget for it. So. You really don't have to buy new clothes specifically for your portrait session. (laughs) I know, did I just hear a collective sigh of relief? I thought so. (laughs) In fact, really the beauty of wearing your tried and tested favourites is that you'll get the photos back that truly feel like you. That said, if you want to make some wardrobe upgrades anyway or you do have your eye on some pieces that you'd love to wear in your pictures, go for it. Absolutely, 100% recommend it. Buy any of your clothing that you do buy in advance a few weeks ahead of time. Um, and make sure that you try them on with the underwear and bras that you plan on wearing on the session day, because that can change the shape of the shapewear that you're you're wearing can change the look of your outfit. So make sure you try it on with all of the options that you've got in your wardrobe, um, and also get anything that needs tailoring done in advance so that the fit is really good. Because if you're comfortable in your clothing, it will show. Now, you can also rent your clothing, which this is a really cool thing. So you can rent your clothing from websites like Rent the Runway, which I think is a US-based site for the US girls out there. Um, Hire the Catwalk, I think, is a UK option um, and a can't remember to be honest off the top of my head the Australian versions but I have looked it up before Um, there are yes clothing rental websites all over the world and it's especially great if you want some higher end pieces but you're on a budget because all you have to do is pay a small fee to borrow the items for a few days and then you return them and the prices often include return postage and dry cleaning so you don't even have to go out and dry clean the outfits for you so just google outfit hire and then your city region or even your country to see what options are available for that definitely something that i would recommend looking into if you feel like you need some new outfits for your portraits okay so that is clothing done and i know that was a big section um so let's move on to talking about hair and makeup now and this is one that's really interesting and something i often find that many of my clients feel a lot of resistance to for some reason. I don't know actually why. I should actually ask some people a little bit more about why. Um, I don't know if it's more of a budget thing or if they just don't feel like the hair and makeup artist is going to get the right look for them. Um, But I I really advocate hiring a hair and makeup artist for your portrait session. It really, really creates a much more um, high-end or a luxurious kind of look. Um, And I really... I really do believe, I want to say, I believe that taking natural photos that capture the real you, like I'm, I'm definitely all about that. I'm not for, you know, making yourself out to be anything that you don't feel like you are or trying to be, you know, high end, if you're not high, not wanting to be a high end brand. It's not kind of about that, which I think is probably where some of the resistance might come up for a lot of people, um, but I do recommend hiring a professional makeup artist for your shoot um, and a hair a hairdresser as well, um, even if it's a simple blow dry. And actually, that's probably one of the better options. So the point really is to simply enhance your features and not to make you look like a different person. Photoshoot makeup, yes, when it's applied and you look in the mirror at yourself, it can sometimes look a little heavy, like the, the foundation will often be quite you know, thick. However, I really assure you that it translates beautifully in photography, and particularly it's very important if you want your photos to have a, a more luxurious and professional feel. Like if your brand is high-end, I would a hundred percent recommend getting your hair and makeup done. I wouldn't I I wouldn't book a shoot without doing that. So that is something that I really, really strongly advocate. Um, when it comes to makeup, when you book your makeup and again when you show up on the day to have your makeup done or your your makeup artist arrives at your house, tell her or him that your makeup is for a photo shoot as there's often some difference in the way that they'll apply your makeup um, as opposed to if you were getting it done to go to a corporate event or to a wedding or something like that. So make sure that they know it's for a photo shoot. Professional photo shoot makeup is often heavier than usual day daytime makeup so as I said don't be scared if it looks like more than you would normally wear. If you're like me and you don't usually wear much makeup or mostly stick with what you would like to see as a, a natural look then simply just ask your makeup artist for a natural look and they'll be able to do that. Um, the end result really is all about just helping you have sharper looking eyes more defined cheekbones and more luscious looking lips it's just about creating a healthy glow so not to be overlooked and you know what I think there is an element of trusting your intuition on that as well like for my very first portrait session I do remember I went to Napoleon Purtis to have my makeup done and um I was really happy with everything except for the way that she did my eyebrows. I thought that they were a little bit heavy on. So when I went home before the session, I did just, you know, scrub off the, or just pat down my eyebrows a little bit and just colored them again in my own makeup just to get the look that I wanted. Um, And I was really glad that I made that decision. But the rest of it, you know, it, it looked quite sort of full on. But those photos, you can't even really tell that I'm wearing makeup. It just makes me look healthier. So that's kind of my experience with it okay so hair my biggest tip when it comes to hair is to ask your hairdresser for a natural and understated look you can have it blow dried um, you know maybe like a Kate Middleton style or even just have it sort of blow blow dried straight or blow dried with a bit of wave in it it gives it a little bit more life and bounce than a hair straightener I really don't recommend that you just take to um your hair straightener yourself and just straighten it because you end up having that kind of you know dead straight look that we all had when we were teenagers in high school Ooh, shut up. <laughs> um, or you can also have some soft curls put through if you go get a hair a hairdresser to do your hair as well if you do request soft curls my absolute favorite tip is to make sure that you always run your fingers through the curls or even just a soft brush then followed by your fingers probably about an hour after you've had it done to separate the ringlets and also to just soften the hairspray because firstly, no one wants to look like a grown up Shirley temple with super, super curly ringlets. But then sometimes if there's some pretty heavy hairspray that can also kind of look a little bit like gritty and just icky um, in the photos. So I do recommend just brushing very gently through it and then running your fingers through again so that it doesn't look just fully like all blended together that it, that often happens when you um when you brush through curls so stick to hairstyles that you would usually wear again remember what I was saying earlier about thinking about like what your clients would probably um experience when they're either working with you one-to-one in person or if they are buying a digital product from you um think about the look that you would probably go for that if you were you know dressed on your best kind of day And that's probably a good indication of the type of hair that you might want to go for. So going for an all-out prom or wedding hairdo is not really what you want to do. So you don't want to have like, you know, a fancy updo with like a, you know, intricate bun or anything like that. Unless it's something that you really want. Like it really is more just about having like everyday looking hair, but hair that looks done, you know, like nicely done. That's our goal. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to number three now, um, props. One of my favorite parts. (laughs) Props really are fun and they're such a wonderful way to add character to your photos. And I personally love using props because of their storytelling superpowers. Some props can be staged, so it might be you holding or interacting with a specific object like a book or a laptop, um, confetti or food or something like that. Other props can be used subtly, which is kind of like one of my favorite ways to, to use them. So for example, if you're being uh, photographed, you know, sitting on your couch, then prop choices even come down to thinking about what's on the coffee table in front of you, like what kind of coffee table books are there? What type of flowers, what vase do you have? Um, they all say something about you and your brand, so it's it's really good to think about that and put some thought and intention behind those props too. Um, you might also have, you know, just a handbag on your shoulder if you're walking down the street, rather than not. It just adds that extra layer of interest, shows a little bit more about your personality um, and it can also sometimes I find really help relax you as well so if you've got something to hold or interact with you're not often sort of wondering all the time oh my gosh what do I do with my hands because that's something that I think can quite often throw people off a little bit if they don't have anything to do with their hands they can feel a little bit uncomfortable in their photos so when you are brainstorming ideas for props to use in your session use these two questions to generate ideas about what might work for you. So the first one is what objects do you use or surround yourself with on a daily basis? So when you're doing your work now, if you are a coach or some someone who works from home a lot, then obviously I think that a big part of your portraiture setup might be around your workspace. So it might involve some of the books that you read. It would involve your laptop, um, some of the, you know, ephemera that is found on your desk might be candles um, bunches of flowers um, you know a really nice drinking glass or a mug for coffee that kind of thing pens um, planners all of those sorts of things um, can help to bring together a, a certain look and feel for your photos if you are a calligrapher then you know obviously I think that Props that you're probably going to look at include like your beautiful pen, um, stamping tools, um, paper. And then you might have things like beautiful silk ribbons and that kind of thing, um, flowers, things that are going to, and inks obviously as well, things that will really like help to tell the story of what you do and help show you in action. Um, The next question is what props would help communicate your brand message or personality? So here's a few prop ideas for you to consider. You might want to include books, crystals, sparkles or confetti, flowers, candles, bowls, jewellery, cameras, pillows, recipe cards, arts and crafts, dream boards, vision boards, chocolates, um, mugs, holding some paintbrushes, for example, can look really cute if you're an artist or someone who's really creative. Um, laptop obviously, planner, if you're a podcaster then maybe your microphone, Um, scarves if you're a scarf person, a picnic blanket and picnic basket if you want to have like a really cute outdoor picnic kind of look, Um, pets if you've got a pet buddy that you work with, (laughs) Um, your office manager, (laughs) Um, sage if you are into smudging, uh, essential oils, uh, obviously something that's really, really big in the entrepreneur space right now. Farmer's market bags, um, balloons, shoes, food, umbrellas, champagne, even even interesting trays, you know, trays that you might want to put some possessions or belongings in. Um, so there are a couple of ideas. There's probably lots more out there and definitely like it's something that you will explore with your photographer. If they include a planning session, Um, you'll talk about things that are part of your brand and personality and that will help to communicate the message that you want to communicate. Okay, so number four, and I think that we're looking at five things in total today, but number four is um, location. So choosing your location this is something that can really elevate a photo from good to great. Uh, it can also really drastically impact the story that your image tells. So if you think about the difference in tone between maybe a light-hued wall, for example, versus a dark brick wall, and what might, what that might communicate about you in a photo, it can make a difference. Um, maybe even the contrast between a beach versus a park, both of those choices will say something about you as a person. Um, Or even just the choice of, you know, a natural setting versus an urban setting or an indoor setting versus an outdoor setting. None of these are right or wrong, but they will all impact the tone of your image and what they communicate about you. So consider what you'll be using your images for, what your clients might respond well to. What encapsulates you in your natural habitat or your natural working space and also what helps to contribute to achieving the tone and feel of your brand when you're planning on locations. So if you are wanting to look at outdoor locations, really there's like an opportunity for interesting photo backdrops nearly everywhere you look. So some examples that you might want to think about include the, lo- the local high street or town center, um, some cafe fronts, florists, food markets, fancy doors, parks, beaches, um, really cool bridges. You're really lucky if you live in Europe because you've got all those big, beautiful, old fashioned bridges. Um, storefronts, gardens, hotels and other landmarks. If you are looking at indoor photo shoots, then you might want to make sure that firstly, the space either gets a lot of natural light or that your photographer has the appropriate lighting equipment before you book them. Because if they're not equipped with enough light, meaning they either don't have a lighting kit for indoor sessions, some photographers are mostly natural light and don't, don't cater to indoor, um, then your photos might end up looking a little bit grainy. So that is a really important consideration. So consider kitchen study or lounge areas near big light-filled windows in either conservatories or under a sunlit sort of area. And I've found in my experience that English houses can be really challenging with indoor lighting as the windows aren't generally very big in English houses and they don't get a lot of natural light. So often in that case, hiring a location, if if indoor um, sessions are really a big part of your brand, hiring a location is probably going to be a better option for you or shooting at that friend. You know, we all have those friends with the amazing house. Maybe you can borrow that for a day. Um, If you are in Australia or the US, generally, from what I've seen, houses are much better equipped with big windows and doors, so it's likely possible to work well for you there. Though I definitely still would inquire with your photographer before booking so that you know if you'll be up for lighting equipment higher costs in advance, um, or if you should look for Um, a space to rent for the day if you're in other countries sorry i don't know too much about like the the general housing situation so definitely just you know look around your own house and see you know how much natural light comes in throughout the day Um, you'll generally know you know if you've got really big windows then you're likely to have a better chance than if you've got really small windows in your house something else about locations that i think is really important to think about is contrast and quirk sometimes the best locations are those that are a little bit unexpected so if your brand is really bold or contradictory um, you can have some fun surprising clients by juxtaposing your photos um, and you as the subject with a location that might be a little more out there or unexpected so for example if you are wearing a 1950s kind of rock and roll inspired outfit like if your style is really 50s What if you were to intentionally shoot your portraits in front of a very new and modern building? One example of this in action, this concept of contrast and juxtaposition, um, is from one of my favourite photographers, Carla Coulson, who always does amazing locations in her portrait sessions. And she had a recent session featured in Harper's Bazaar with Heidi Middleton, who's formerly of Sasson Bide, and it was shot in a huge stone French chateau or I should say outside a huge stone French chateau I think where Heidi was living or staying um, and it basically featured Heidi like wearing this beautiful dress and she was tiptoeing barefoot across the big stone balcony railing um, in one shot and then there was another one where she was really high up on the outside of this you know big stone French building uh, on a ladder wearing you know a couture skirt and it was blowing in the wind and I I don't know how it sounds to you without you having seen it but to me those photos that series of photos is full of life and character so I would recommend googling Carla Coulson looking at her blog and just searching for that session with Heidi Middleton and and having a look at that have a look through all of her photos in fact because her locations are always like ace I think that they're great so the key really with inspiration um sorry with surprising imagery is to put thought into it so that you are intentionally creating a striking contrast that might break tradition yet it's still very true to who you are okay so number five we're going to talk a little bit about visual inspiration right now this is the the part that's really exciting it's all about pinterest which is everybody's favorite right so Obviously, Pinterest is a very fabulous way to plan and prepare for your shoot. And when photography clients work with me, I often ask them to share with me a Pinterest mood board. And the key to planning a mood board, mood board with great visual inspiration that really helps your photographer and, and yourself to get clear on what you want is to look outside your industry. And take inspiration from brands that do things in your style but who are different enough to the standard look of portraits in your industry so that you come out looking like your unique self and not like other people in your industry, which let's face it can be really easy to do. So, The goal with Pinterest research is never to emulate photos in a pin in your own photos. That's kind of, you know, a breach of copyright, obviously. But what we really want to do is to draw from aspects of those photos and consider what it is that you like about a particular photo and why. So it's really an exercise in thinking. When pinning, it's really a great practice to use the caption to explain what you like about the image. And this both helps the photographer understand what specifically catches your eye. And then you also remember why you pinned it when you refer back to it. So ideas of what to look for and and comment on when you're pinning include the poses, like what you like about the poses, the backdrops, um, composition, facial expressions, energy, color, and lighting okay so i know that this is a lot to consider however you are an absolute champ for sticking it out through to here and i hope that this walkthrough of the planning process has been really helpful to you now i want to tell you about a few photographers who i know and recommend in case you're looking to plan your next portrait session because I know there's listeners from all over the world here, and I also know that my own photography style isn't necessarily going to be your cup of tea, even if you are a Sydney cider, and that's okay. So, if you're thinking of booking a portrait session soon, here's some photographers who I recommend. So, Gold Coast highly recommend Michelle Michelle Swan of Eyes of Love Photography. Um, also. Bailey Vedalago. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her surname. I've worked with Bailey before actually for my own portraits um, and she was really, really great. I love her style as well. So I think she's based maybe in Brisbane um she travels a lot though so she was down in Sydney when I had my session um which was really awesome um there is also Fee Mims in Melbourne who is also amazing and takes beautiful personal branding portraits so definitely recommend looking out for Fee if you're in Melbourne ladies um my Toronto friends or Canadian friends um Jessica Chiruk um another friend who is gorgeous and um really, really love her style. She also does brand videos, which are really gorgeous. Um, so worth checking out her if you're in Canada. Um, if you are in London, one of my favorite photographers ever, I think has to be, um, Cecilina Photography and she's actually a wedding photographer, but I have seen her do headshots and portraits before. So if you check out her Instagram, which is just Cecilina Photography or one word, um, maybe just inquire with her if you really love her style too and see if she would take portraits for you because if i were staying in london um and i was going to book another portrait session i would definitely book a session with her i just think her photos are beautiful um a couple of other london photographers who i have seen around the traps whose work i really like include liz riley um visible by hannah and also Lux personal branding um, they are all great. Um, another person who is Sydney-based is Lauren Abihana of Sol Co. Um, and, yeah, of course, again, myself, if, if you are Sydney-based um, and you want to check out my work and want to work with me, I would love to work with you. And you can find me at hayleyrichardson.co. I am um, based on the northern beaches however I am willing to travel anywhere really um, anywhere in Sydney anywhere in New South Wales um, and anywhere across the country and internationally um, so yeah do get in touch if you want to book a session with me um, and I would love to take you through the process of you know planning a session um, everything that we've talked about in today's episode and more Um, you know the planning aspect is something that I really really love because obviously I've got a brand strategy background um, and it's something that's just always been of interest to me Um, so it's something that I really love to be able to bring to my client sessions and I also really love to look into you know color psychology and seasonal archetypes and help you to create um, a session that's not just you know about beautiful photos but it's also very intentional and helps to strengthen your brand message so hopefully those recommendations are helpful um, oh I know that I haven't mentioned anyone in the US here um, I should mention I guess um, I think the mother of all personal branding photography is probably Wendy Yalom um, so US based but I think she travels worldwide Caroline White is also someone who is amazing and I think has taken photos of Marie Folio. Um, so yeah, definitely check out those ladies as well if you're in the U S so anyway, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed it and you can check out the transcript of this episode on, um, my website. So if you just go to the blog and click the podcast tab, that will all be there for you. And you can listen to the episode there again as well. That's it for today's episode friends. Thanks for listening in for show notes and guest information visit hayleyrichardson.co forward slash podcast. If you loved today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks again for tuning into the Marketing with Hayley podcast. Keep bringing that creative business of yours to life and we'll see you in the next episode.